Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Drinking Bros Sports Baseball Show, episode number 14. My name is Rob Fox, and I am joined always by Dan Holloway. His chair's being kind of a dick right now. Uh, he'll be down in it in a second. But we're watching a live watch on the Padres and uh, and Rockies today because uh, it's, it's a fucking Wednesday. We don't have anything else to do, so let's watch some baseball and have a couple drinks and shit. Yeah. So why the fuck not? Also, it's a good game, you know? I mean, the Rockies are, are pretty dog shit, but Musgrove's on the mound. Tatis just hit a home run. Uh, it's not, it's really, uh, it's pretty good day game viewing all mm. things considered. I feel like, I mean, there's nothing better than being in San Diego, watching a baseball game in the middle of the day. That's for sure. Yeah. That's definitely on like, I don't have like a bucket list. Like I don't need to like spend a summer going to every fucking stadium or anything like that. But that, if I had to like narrow it down to 10, that would be, that would make the cut. Yeah. San Diego's nice. I mean, it's in, uh, it's down in gas lamps. So if you stay in any of those hotels, down there you can pretty much walk to the the baseball stadium it's like a whole bar district and shit yeah that's what if i mean that's what i'm kind of hyped about for the mls stadium here even though they haven't opened it yet is it's in it's not downtown but it's in a bar area right like you can go to the game and go get fucked up before afterwards at the domain not the not the coolest bar area Mm. but it's a big you know there's like 30 bars to walk to right which is Ideal, I feel like, for that type of sport. Musgrove just uh, stop trying to make the domain cool. I, you're not, you're not a fucking suburban dad like me. That is, that's my shit. No, <laughs> I like the. You don't like big box bars. No. Oh, I mean, what is I, a big box bar? I don't know what that means. It's just like chains, just chain bars. Oh, I see. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the domain is like a a, a poor man, uh, fucking version of Texas Live almost. It's not, it's not that great. We Te- don't need another Irish bar named McGinty's. Texas Live <laughs> is the the bar and, and restaurant uh, thing between all the stadiums in Dallas. Oh, out in Arlington? Yeah. That's the that's new thing now. They call it the uh, the mall park. Mm. Uh, St. Louis has it. It's called Ballpark Village. I fucking yeah. hate Ballpark Village. Philly has Xfinity Live. Yeah. yeah. It's right next to the stadiums. Uh, no city likes any of those bar combination ballparks it's it's i like getting shit-faced in a real mall because it's funny to me like just getting blackout this is drunk just at- two hours before and after the game which you have to pay twenty dollars a beer for yeah, yeah but it's still better than downtown houston like we were saturday oh, that was miserable right and that's where minute Maid park is and there's no fucking bars around minute Maid park like absolutely nothing to do there Good barbecue place right behind it called Jackson Street Barbecue. It's actually one of my favorite favorite uh, Texas barbecue spots. But um, otherwise, jack shit. I mean, if you want to get drunk in a Marriott, you can get drunk in a Marriott. But uh, and then I heard have you haven't have you been to Truist yet? Uh, no, I'm not. I have I have heard the battery is pretty dope. But I'm sure it is. Yeah, and Atlanta's always done pretty well with its stuff. But also, the battery is almost like it's. I mean, it's further. It's kind of more separated from Atlanta than. Um, than the domain is from Austin. So it's kind of more like that's like a Cobb County hangout. Like it's like a a county overs, like downtown fun bar area. And then if you're up at the game, you're like, all right, fuck it. Like, let's just get drunk here instead of making our way to uh, 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 Buck. What the fuck is it called in Atlanta? Buck something? Uh, Buckhead. Buckhead. Buckhead, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like might as well just stay out here and get drunk instead of like hoofing it back to Buckhead and sobering up in a 
30 minute Uber or whatever. So fuck it. But uh, we're going into the uh, top of the si- no bottom of the fifth. I'm sorry. We're going to the bottom of the fifth. The uh, Padres are at bat. Uh, Dan, have you observed anything so far from this? Not game? really. I mean, uh, obviously Tatis is the man. Hopefully Machado gets AIDS <laughs> or fucking mouth cancer or something. Well, let's get into that because that's kind of the biggest story. There's two, there's two stories going right now, and it's both. It never go, fucking goes away. It's all unwritten rules bullshit week after week. Uh, and the first part of that two-parter is Machado's slide against the Cardinals uh, to, I guess, break up a double play. Yeah, which uh, technically you can do whatever it is you want. Um within the baseline to avoid getting tagged or whatever else, right? Obviously, you can't do anything that's intentional to dislodge the ball from a fielder. But if a guy, if a, if a fielder is standing in the baseline trying to catch a pop-up, you can run his ass over. Yeah, you have the right yeah, away in the baseline. whatever the fuck you want. Now, the guy had the ball. He's a dead out. So the easiest way to avoid the double play is to stand there. Mm-hmm. Make him come to you. Yeah, you don't have to go in and throw your spikes at his fucking shins, which is what Machado <laughs> did, because Machado is the biggest piece of shit in all of Major League Baseball. Do you kind of at least get, like, any appreciation out of it just for being, like, adding to the entertainment factor where they're all not bros? Like, people would actually want to throw at Machado? Um, no, I don't find it quaint or, or cute or any of those things or entertaining, and it's certainly not purist. Uh, and unless you're talking about Ty Cobb, I guess, for a guy to be out on the field trying to literally injure people. And that's what Machado does. Yeah. He, he had a home run off a pitcher one time. I don't remember who it was. And the guy struck him out the next time. He, he got mad that Machado was talking shit, and he hit him later on, and he came up to bat again. And on the first pitch, Machado uh, waited for the ball to get past him and then tried to fling the bat out to the pitcher's mail, but he threw it out to third base instead. Right? He was literally trying to throw his bat at the pitcher. He stepped on guys' ankles, causing uh, uh, injuries at first base a number of times. He shortened Dustin Pedroia's career, and as you pointed out yesterday, probably cost him a, a Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah. Uh, or a Hall of Fame induction. <clears throat> he is the uh, Indomica Sioux of baseball. He is the biggest piece of shit in baseball. I would agree with that. I would agree with well, that. Well, I mean, the, the data speaks for itself. Yeah. There's nobody out there that – there's nobody else in baseball – the, no, no one that has a reputation of trying to hurt other players. It's what's funny to me too is that uh, if you pulled a lot of writers and shit about who the biggest asshole in baseball was, mm. you know, he'd probably get uh, maybe Bryce Harper. I don't know. I would guess Trevor Bauer. Maybe yeah, uh, or uh, Joe Kelly. If you, I think year. they like. I think they like Joe Kelly. Like, I think Joe Kelly's I like I just a, don't think he's good enough to have that kind of attitude. Who, Machado? No, oh, Joe, Joe Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he used to, I mean, he, he used to be, uh, in a, it's like more like he's a reliever, so he only has like three years of, mm. of like relative usefulness in general. Mm. So, yeah, I agree with that as opposed to like Harper or, or uh, Bauer or someone like that who plays a more premium position. But I would guess it was Bauer. And it's funny to me that, like, People, no one would disagree that Machado's an asshole, but for whatever reason, like Bauer's Twitter would be the first thing that comes to mind over Machado, like stabbing people with his foot. 
I think uh, I can't imagine a lot of baseball players spend a lot of time on Twitter. No, I, I meant writers. Uh, I mean, who cares what writers think? They're a bunch <laughs> of fucking losers. People who've never done the thing. Yeah. Any anybody that's never done it that is so that is critical of people that are doing it is a fucking joke to me. Like when I watch not wait, not analytical critical. No, no, critical. Yeah. yeah. So when I watch like Get Up, not Get Up. I, I'm, get Up is one of the best shows. Anytime uh, First Take and Get Up are on, I switch to Get Up. Yeah. Because First Take is unwatchable. But even on First Take, you hear Stephen A. Smith, and you hear, <coughs> excuse me, Max Kellerman, who's the biggest cunt in all sports, <laughs> um, running their fucking suck holes. And neither one of these guys has ever been in a real athletic competition in their life. Right. You know what I mean? But when they have got like actual ball play, like uh, Perkins comes on a lot, Swagger, right. Swagger comes on a lot, uh, uh, Ryan Clark comes in there a lot. There's a lot of dudes that were actual legit ball players uh, from from baseball and basketball and, and football that, that show up on that show a lot. Those guys can say whatever the fuck they want. If if Dr. J wants to put together his all-time team and that might hurt somebody's feelings, that's fine. If Max Kellerman put together an all-time team, I don't know why anybody would care. Yeah. Because he's a fucking loser. Well, and especially because he doesn't... Like, he watches it, but he does, he, I, would, I would be interested in... Someone like with a deep knowledge of the game who may, didn't play it. I'd be interested in that. Like, I guess the equivalent of like a fan graphs or baseball prospectus writer mm. giving me some info versus like, Kel- yeah, a guy who's just paid to like shout on TV. I mean, tiny, for, for me, it's kind of like uh, a business professor. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck kind of job is that? If you had this, if you were smart enough to teach. If you were smart enough to know that much, to be a subject matter expert in starting and running businesses, you should go start and run businesses. And but that's how people should learn. They, it, people should not learn how to start and run businesses in a fucking university. They should, they should learn it from people who have started yeah. and run businesses. Are you, are you kind of good at business, though, if you realize it's much easier to cash free paychecks from a university than it is to try and fail over and over it again is, out in the world? It is easier to be a serial, even a serial entrepreneur than it is to get tenure at a major university. Are you, so you still get a pretty good paycheck pre-tenure right you just you have a paycheck but if anybody fucking gets butthurt about anything you say you get fired and they don't have to give you any cause it's right to work right until you get tenure it's right to work in in college uh, i thought you just had to be there 10 years no yeah it's 10 some people get 10 year no that's stupid (laughs) 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 so how would you all right well how would you have responded to that machado situation because like if you were the cardinals because i don't really think they did anything um i'd hit him in the head like right there, just like fuck yeah. you. No, no, no. Well, I mean, look, honestly, whomever the fielder was, was it? Who, uh, <coughs> did did Jong usually play second base for the Cardinals? I think. Uh, well, he switches between second and, and short. short. Yeah. I also there might have. Uh, there's usually not much of a shift on when there's a guy. No. On first. I don't. I don't uh, know who it was, but whomever it was should have. Since they weren't able to throw the ball to first, they should have stepped and threw it, and hit him right in the fucking face. <laughs> Manny Machado doesn't deserve to be playing baseball. If you have that much disrespect for the game that you're going to intentionally injure other players to get them out of the game uh, or because you're butt hurt or because you think that equates to playing hard, then you're a piece of shit and you got to go. Uh, it was Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond was mm-hmm. playing second base. Uh, and then the other half of the unwritten rule ship, by the way, the uh, uh, fifth inning just ended. Padres didn't get anything going. Uh, uh, got a man on first, but then Musgrove, because the pitcher still fucking bats for some reason, uh, 
popped out, almost snuck in a little. Only this year, though, right? Isn't the DH universal next year? It is not official. They just think that's what's going to happen because mm. they all have to come to the table this offseason. Right. This is like a big offseason <laughs> for the union and, and league together or whatever. Uh, and if you were the U- players' union, uh, you know, since pitchers are a part of the players' union, I don't know what fucking pitcher in their right mind at this point would be like, yeah, put me at the plate, please. I mean, uh, yeah, it's not helping anybody. The best case scenario is that you hit like 220 right well it's basically right. there's probably two dudes it's probably zach granke being like yes i want to hit and then madison bumgarner being like hell yeah i won't swing that lumber and then yeah. the rest of them are like just shut up you fucking weirdos yeah wascar noah probably wouldn't have minded hitting but now he can't close his fist yeah. He should have watched Bull Durham. We've got to get that thing dubbed over into Spanish <laughs> so these guys know, you don't ever punch a dumb drunk in the face with your throwing hand. Right. Really, it just needs to be updated because you're not going to be very useful with a broken left hand sitting in your glove either. I guess it could be just like taped to shit and then uh, what do you get? If, you cor- if, you, if you're a pitcher and you weren't batting, I don't think that would make that much of a difference, to be honest. Might want to try bunting to the pitcher a lot. Like, uh, right? <laughs> maybe, but he can pick that ball up with his hands. Yeah, he still, has to, hand, still right? has to do it, though. I, I mean, if I knew the pitcher had a broken glove hand, I would be absolutely bunting at that pitcher and um, be like, make the play. I'd be trying to shake his hand. <laughs> we teach every MLB player to low leg kick. Low leg kick? Yeah, it saves their hands. Oh, oh, that's not a bad idea, yeah. Spring, Although the legs... Spring training up, next year is all UFC cross-training. What's the... Uh, but what's the... Uh, so what do they, like, kick the cooler now instead of fucking punch it? Yeah. They just, like, kick shit when they're mad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, like, a, like a suburban dad. Not like a poor dad. Poor dad punches the wall. Suburban dad kicks stuff. Yeah. Uh, you guys were talking about masculinity the other day on mm-hmm. what, APP? Yeah. Right? There was a funny meme I, I meant to bring up to you uh, uh, during that. This is related to the uh, punching drywall shit. It was like uh, millennial men are just as uh, angry and toxic as boomers, but at least bo- but when boomers punch the drywall, they could fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, uh, Jeffrey and Corse said on the Braves broadcast a couple of days ago that uh, what you do is you hit a cooler with a baseball bat. Right. Because that doesn't do anything. Right. That's like a ner- it's basically like a nerf situation. Yeah. Like you can you can't hurt the cooler because it has it's so flexible and plastic, and a bat. Who cares? It's like fifty bucks. Right. But he said he would also fuck up helmets. Like the helmet was one hundred fifty bucks, and he would just take a hum- helmet into the tunnel and just beat it to pieces. Yeah. Which again is a victimless crime. It also sounds more fun. And like more relieving, like I would much rather hit something with a bat to relieve stress mm-hmm. than hit something with. My fucking hand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can put a lot more force into it. I mean, as mad as you might be, you're still pulling back a little bit if you're punching something with your hand and it's hard. Yeah. Like if you're punching a wall or something. If you're swinging a baseball bat, there was, I don't remember who it was. Fuck, who was it? Somebody in the 80s. Tupac Shakur? No. Somebody in the 80s would uh, completely, over the course of a game, if they were in a slump or something, destroy a Coke machine. So they would go into the uh, tunnel with a screwdriver and a bat, right? Okay. Unscrew a few things, beat the fuck out of the thing until <laughs> stuff fell off, unscrew a few more things, go back out and hit, come back in, beat the fuck out of the thing, unscrew some shit over and over until that machine was destroyed. I like that. that is the, that's a serial killer, Yeah. right? Yeah, that that is, you, that, that's like you come to the basement every couple of hours to cut off another finger type of situation. Mm. 
Uh, also, the nice thing about that is, though, is like using a screwdriver when you're angry makes you angrier because you're not as precise because you're just angry as shit. So it's going to slip out yeah. and it's going to make you want to murder the shit out but of But it also more. might calm you down. Like the having to put in, having to slow yourself down and put in the effort to concentrate on that probably brings you back to reality a little bit, you would think. You would think, yeah. That makes but sense. Who knows? Uh, we're in the top of the six now. Musgrove 3 2 to uh, Nunez, the Rockies eight hitter. Oh, fucking struck him out. That was actually a pretty interesting. Uh, looked like a slider or a change way inside, and, and uh, Nunez just swung over the fucking top of it. Uh, where do you have Musgrove? That was definitely a slider. Where do you have Musgrove uh, kind of ranking in the NL pitchers right now? Because he got um, a two six three ERA, so I mean he's he's up there. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, <clears throat> he's a uh, <coughs> excuse me. He's really over the last couple of years. I would say since uh, the middle of 2019, really shown himself to be a pretty good fucking pitcher. Yeah. Um, he's still he doesn't walk a lot of people. That's what I like about him. Yeah. Uh, even in um, so so and also has ten strikeouts right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's throwing a lot of pitches today, so he probably won't go too deep. But he doesn't walk many people. In he's 20- he's at seventy seven with two outs now in the sixth. I mean, mm, he's not bad. He's yeah. gonna go. He's he'll unless go the Padres are just like, eh, fuck it. I mean, it's one nothing. He'll go seven or eight probably. Um, yeah, but in twenty nineteen, thirty one starts. Um, ERA was a great. It was four forty four, but he only walked thirty nine people in uh, one hundred seventy innings. You know what I mean? That's which is obscene. <clears throat> Throws strikes, doesn't strike out a lot of guys until. Really, I would say he didn't really start getting huge strikeout numbers until probably this year. Last year, well, if you want to count last yeah, year, yeah, if you count last year, especially down the stretch last year, he had a, he had an incredible run last year. But it's maybe that shortened season helped him uh, uh, pick up a few things because that's where that was the turn for him. It was the first year in his career that he had a sub four ERA. Yeah. Uh, and he was even better in the second half and struck out more than a batter in an inning for the first time in his career. Still kept the walks relatively low. He walked more last year than he did this year, but <clears throat> he's issuing a walk like once every four innings. So 1.1 walks or 2.1 walks a game, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Whip is down at .95 this year. As far as where I would rank him right now, power rankings wise, uh, it's that's that question's a lot easier or harder to answer with Degrom out right now because if it was if he was there he would be the obvious first. Um, Scherzer's kind of back. Scherzer's kind of found his groove again yeah. after kind of like a iffy. I mean, in twenty twenty, kind of whatever. Scherzer looks good. I mean, uh, it, I guess it, de- it depends on what you mean because John Means, the guy from Baltimore that threw that no hitter week and a half ago or so, he's got a that wasn't a a, a single case. He was. Fucking, he's he got a 120 ERA this year. Yeah, he's playing very well. Uh, Garrett Cole looks great. I would say I would put him in the top ten right now because of his performance, but putting him top five probably not until he does it for two years in a row. Yeah, you know what I mean. So one thing I, I have a question about with Musgrove that I think would be interesting to have you answer because you're a pitcher. Mm. Uh, his you know K to nine jumped up from 2019 to 2020 and then now basically he's floating out around eight right in k9 uh from the beginning of his career to 2019 the beginning of his career he was he flipped between 
starter and reliever yeah. also. I think he, he was intended to be a starter the whole time, but he kind of got like the Astros were like, we don't have room for you, so let's just use you where we can. That's really dumb, by the way. I hate when I hate when baseball teams introduce their young starters into Major League Baseball as middle relievers. I think it's terrible for their career. It gets them completely like you. You want to focus on what your core competency is. So you don't like reps if it's not the right type of rep. No, dude, it doesn't help you. Look at the difference between look at when uh, when closers are made starters or starters are made closers. Almost always they fail because it takes. It's not about the ability or even the the pitch selection. It's about the mindset. Right. A, you mean this on a regular basis? Yeah. It's one thing if say like you know you've got. Wainwright in 06, filling the closer role because the Cardinals didn't have anyone else and he's a rookie. They, right. they know he's going to be in the rotation eventually. Or say yeah. uh, Bum, both Bumgarner. Closer's, closer's different, by the way. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem sending out a young prospect to be a closer because you can test his metal. There's a lot of good things about that. Having a guy like um, <clears throat> the way in 20, 2019 uh, and even in 2020, the way they would have used these guys had it been a normal season and people didn't get hurt and shit. Ian Anderson and fucking uh, Wascar Noah and, uh, and what's his name? Uh, who's the other young Bryce? Uh, Wright. Bryce Wilson and Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright and Bryce Wilson. Those guys, had it not been for 2020 and the weirdness and all the injuries, would not have been getting starts. They would have been fucking mop-up and middle relievers yeah. for the most part. And I think it would have fucked them up. I don't. I, I think it. I think it fucks up your mindset. You have to fucking. You take somebody's core competency, at the earliest stage in their career, preferably before they ever get to the majors, but certainly once they get to the majors and start facing the top level competition they're ever going to face, and you get them used to doing this, the thing that you need them to do forever, right? It doesn't make any sense. Like if you brought in a new basketball player to your team, and he's a fucking. A, a forward and you try to make him a point guard for a year because you don't have a point guard, but he handles the ball. Okay. You're <laughs> fucking his career up. Yeah. He's creating bad habits. I, I, just, I think it's a mistake the way they fucking bring pitchers up these days. Uh, I also think the pitch count um, regulations are a massive mistake. There's no correlation between pitches thrown and injuries, right? Appearances. Yes. Pitch yeah. is thrown, no. Yeah. So Johnny Venters is a warning sign. Well, that's earlier. Back-to-back 70 appearance games, and it's the number of pitches you throw in one game doesn't fuck you up. But relievers, though, are used differently, obviously, but I mean, like, relievers are treated like pack horses. You just work it till yeah. it dies, and you get another dumpy hobo horse. For sure, yeah, that's part of it, and you run through a lot of, there's a lot of turnover there, but the other problem is <clears throat> the guy's learning bad physiological habits. Right. Like his, the way he, his brain and body gets ready to go out there and perform at the highest possible level is now completely chaotic. The yeah. starting pitcher's job is not chaotic. He fucking pitches on it's day ma- one. It's management. Yeah. Day two, he takes off. Day three, he long tosses. Day four, he throws a bullpen. Day five, he takes off. Day six, he usually comes back and pitches on five days rest. Sometimes you take one of those sections out. He always throws the bullpen, so sometimes... You get the you, you take the day off, throw a bullpen, and skip the long toss. Sometimes you reverse it, depending on how the guy's doing. If you don't want to get him out of a groove or whatever, but plus off days, yeah, for the, <clears> for the whole team. I mean, but it's very it's a rigorous schedule always, and it's always the same. Yeah, right. If you take that away from a kid that's still developing physically, 
then whatever fucking muscles and tendons and, and motor skills and muscle memory he needs to develop to make sure at that very young age he's training his body the best to respond in that specific situation for the next 15 to 20 years. And you take that away from him, he's fucked. That's what I think. Uh, do you think the pitch count thing is partly, though, in response to uh, – it's, 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 in a lot of ways, if they're not in the professionals, whether it's the minor leagues or the major leagues, mm-hmm. the opposite happens. They get worked to shit by their high school and uh, college teams. Right. Right? Like you got – like a college uh, baseball team doesn't necessarily have a five-man rotation. No, it's usually a three-man rotation. Yeah. Because they only play two games a week typically. It's Friday. No, they they play a Friday. whole three-game series. Well, some, most of the time, yeah, but yeah. You, usually it's, well, not all the time, but yeah, most of the time it's either two or three games. So they have a three-man rotation. It's usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, something right. like that. It just depends, but they're not, um, and you want to be the guy pitching on Sunday. Yeah, that's, like that's you're your the big one boy starter, on Sunday. Typically, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> Speaking of which, your uh, favorite guy's up here. Yeah, Machado, it's, I hope he gets hit right in the face. <laughs> Good pitch. Nice little uh, the cutter, yeah. Yeah, strike down and in. A little middle, but... I like that cutter. I like the cutter to right-handed batters that starts in off the plate and comes back in because <clears throat> it really sets up. I've seen this a lot more this season than I have in the past. That pitch right through well, again. No, that's, that's the that's the That cutter backed up a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I've seen a lot of right-handers throwing low and inside change-ups to right-handed batters, particularly the running one. I think it's a really good pitch. Um, it's something that Maddox didn't like to throw back in the day because he thought... The see there well there that go. was that was kind of that was a sinker but um, <clears throat> it was the sinker right over the middle too yeah that was a bad pitch um, Maddox wouldn't throw it because if you miss usually you miss over the plate and not in mm-hmm. um, with the changeup because you're throwing it to the inside corner and you wanted to break off the plate but if you pull it too much the result of pulling it is that it doesn't break back to the right, but it, the other result is that you pulled it and it goes further towards the middle of the plate. So he threw his change up off the plate outside to the right, to right-handed batters. This year I'm seeing a lot more change-ups righty-on-righty. You don't see that much. Uh, and I think that inside cutter really sets that pitch up well. Now that was a change-up right there. That was a really good pitch. Yeah, he's at a couple nice spots here. I actually don't think the second pitch to uh, Machado... I don't necessarily know that was a mistake. I think he wanted to kind of throw a bad one even further in to get Machado. To, that looked like a, cha- a pitch he wanted him to chase, even though, like <clears throat> like Maddox would say, why the fuck would you waste a, a pitch that early in the count? Well, he Maddox coined the phrase purpose pitch because yeah. everybody used to say waste pitch, um, and he started saying purpose pitch, which is a lot better. I mean, yeah, technically, if you've got a guy down 0-2 and, and you just – he just swung and missed at a ball in the dirt. You really want to throw a fastball somewhere between his nipples and his eyeballs, right? Yeah. Just to get his eye level back up here. So if you throw something oh, that's that might be word. gone. That is going to hit that short porch maybe. Gone. Oh, off the wall. Oh, shit. Well, that was a terrible play. It's going to be a triple. Blackman? Yeah. That might be a home run. That's Blackman. Oh, uh, Go, God damn it. <clears throat> boo. Dude, he got to that. Bo- Wait, is he going? Go, go. Inside the Ins- park. Holy shit. Because Charlie Back- Blackman doesn't know how to play fucking baseball. That what the was, hell was that shit? That was a fucking little league. That was a third grade home run. <coughs> and if Holy you're betting with us at home, uh, Dan Register had the inside the park home one at 50 to 1 odds on my bookie. <laughs> That's not true. I just got excited. I've never seen an inside the parker live. Look didn't, at this. Didn't Prince Fielder hit an inside the park home run? Or was it just a triple? I, I'll have to fact check that. Prince Harry did. No, Prince Harry is whipped. 
Look at this. Watch how bad this defense by Blackman is. First off, a total misread <laughs> off the fucking wall. Like, he doesn't... If Why go that close to the wall if you know you're not going to jump for it? Yeah, that should have been an out, by the way. Yeah. And then, here's the worst part. So, he gets to third, and then he realizes that Blackman still hasn't picked up the ball. Because him and the other dude are kind of diddling around, being like, oh, fuck. Yeah, where was the center fielder and all that? If he was stand. <clears throat> I don't know. Where your job is... Uh, so, if you're a center fielder... Here's Tatis now, by the way. Yeah. Terrible pitch. If you're a center fielder, or if you're a, an outfielder at all, and the, the ball's hit over the head of the person to your right or left, where, wherever it happens to be, your job is to get about 14 to 18 feet behind them from the wall. So if they're four or five feet off the wall waiting for the ricochet, you get 14 to 18 feet behind them. Mm-hmm. And then if they make a clean play on it, oh, Wow, nice. Tatis just smoked a fucking double. Yeah, 85 mile per hour. This, see, that's why people don't like to throw that change up inside because if it gets up around the knees or higher, it's that every time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you're supposed to be 14 to 18 feet behind the other fielder in case the ball does that. I don't know who or I don't know what the fuck that guy was doing. By the way, have you, did you notice this? <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this in the batting order. Uh, Tatis is fourth, Machado's second. Yeah. I've got Cronenworth in between them right now. I think that's a good plan. To be honest, I mean, uh, Tatis and Machado are similar hitters. They hit the same type of stuff, and if you can make somebody make a decision to go up against Cronenworth, who by the way is hitting three oh seven this year, yeah, you know, he's having a really good season. A little higher now, probably. Tatis uh, is the far superior dancer, I believe, <laughs> especially Salvatore. Uh, Tatis is far superior at everything except for defense. Like right. he's a better hitter, he's a better base runner. Uh, Machado's better in defense. Not really good at keeping the helmet on while running. No, it's because of all the uh, dreads. Keeping your helmet on now is fucking stupid. You, you ain't shit if your helmet stays on while you run. Yeah. Don't do it in baseball. Don't do it while having sex. Now, yep. Eric Hosmer, what's he looking for right here? You, it's, there's two outs, right? Mm-hmm. So you just need a base hit to get this guy in. This, um, this is the type of thing I think Eric Hosmer is a... Is a <laughs> he's a professional hitter, yes. right? He's a yeah. good situation. It's a, it's a cheese dick yeah. f- saying, but I don't know. Yeah, it's the best way to put it. Like, he just... He locks in on this type of shit, and, and that's this is where he does his best work. Uh, he's the type of guy, he's like Dansby Swanson, where... Uh, or, or Yadier Molina, where innings one through six, I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily scared of him, but, <laughs> like, the seventh inning on, it's like, this is not a guy you want up against you in a fucking situation where you are trying to close out a game or yeah. oof he missed that one that's a bad miss too because that pitch was perfect yeah no i mean he's not you know he's no he's no hall of famer he's not even a perpetual all-star but like he just knows what the fuck he's doing at the plate but i mean he does have he has holes for sure yeah well i mean so in uh oh, fuck off in uh 2019 he had 265 right mm-hmm with runners on base, 285. Runners in scoring position, 328. Bases loaded, 375. So uh, much better with uh, – he, he had 373 with runners on scoring position in two outlash in, in, 2020, in 2019, his last full season. So he's definitely that kind of guy that locks in. I think that's just um, a level of professionalism. You can turn it on when you need to. The truly great people, though, they don't they don't skip any at bats, right? Ever? Maybe, well, maybe it's not like that. Maybe eight out of ten they're truly locked in, yeah, or something like that. Um, and even then, they still only. Do you, do you think it's the type of thing? Uh, that I think the best way to maybe put this for a lot of people who are uh, didn't 
you know, play sports or aren't like amazing sports or anything. It's the kind of thing where you get like how creatives are better when they're behind. You know what I mean? Like if they're better at w- when there's a deadline and it's like due tomorrow yeah. or that type of shit. I think some people need the ur- sense of urgency yeah, to be successful. I mean, there's that old, <coughs> the old trope about closers in baseball. You bring them in with a three-run lead and their lights out. You bring them in with a four-run lead and they'll fuck it up every single time because the pressure is not on. They yeah. need that stimulation. That's what makes. Look at this. Uh, I, they need horrible. to show. They need to show where the what happened. Like, was. like, look at. They showed it for a split second on the Blackman play. He, I, it was either an infielder who had come out. I didn't catch who it was, or it was the center fielder, and they were both standing over the ball like, "Oh fuck, man, that sucked." Yeah. And then the dude looked out. Fucking Cronenworth looked out and was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And then started running. Like Cronenworth stopped at third base. <laughs> Looked out and was yeah. like, LOL. Still, and he still made it home without a throw. Yeah. That's just, you know, not great. And it's too bad, too, because uh, what's his nuts? Um, Chichi Gonzalez is having a pretty good game today. Yeah, he's gotten fucked. He let, up mean, a so, he let up a solo shot. Yeah. And a, inside the Parker that was only half. I mean, that should have been a double. Or an out. It should have been an out, to be honest. Charlie Blackman just had to look up and put his glove up there to catch yeah. the ball. And by the way, he used to play center field in Colorado, which is one of the more expansive center fields in baseball. Huge. How can you not make that fucking play? That was pretty fucking To me, bad. it seemed like he wasn't paying attention there. But you never know. Maybe he didn't see it well in the lights, or the sun, rather. Right. Who knows? I, I mean, not to, <laughs> not to sound like uh, one of those uh, dudes from Major League in the outfield for the Indians. With too high. Too high. Too bright. That was, Looks uh, bright on the screen. That was Randy Quaid, by the way, that said too high. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, man. One of America's finest. Um, I want to get back to something earlier. The other half of the unwritten rules shit that we've been talking about that's been going on this week uh, with Tony LaRussa getting mad at his guy, uh, Yerman Mercedes, for hitting a 3-0 ball that I believe was thrown like 50 miles an hour, just a donkey shit looping curveball from a position player on the mound. He was mad at him for swinging at 3-0. I don't care about any of that. Yeah. I don't care about the like Jordan got in trouble one time in 94 when he stole third base with a five or six run lead or something in the minors. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, you know, we don't do that. He goes, if somebody gives you a layup, you fucking take it. And to be honest, it, as much as, as contentious as contract negotiations are in major league baseball and with as much stuff that can go wrong, if I can add some stats, why the fuck would I not? That's, do that? that's the biggest thing. Is yeah. like that's when you should be letting your guys fucking rip it. Yeah, I mean, right? at, the, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, during the winter meetings, teams aren't sitting around looking at highlight films of their players deciding who to bring back. They're looking at numbers. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm putting the numbers up when I can. He man. needs that home run. Yeah. For sure. Because they're a rookie. Yeah, uh, an old rookie too. He's yeah, like twenty eight. Twenty seven. Yeah. yeah. Something like yeah. Musgrove's back in for the uh, uh, top of the seven. Only at 83 pitches, I mean, fuck, dude. If he is an efficient seventh, they might take him eight. Uh, the Padres have a good bullpen, and, uh, you know, with Melanson and, and the other guys and everything, but, like, yeah. why wouldn't they, you know, what, you save your bullpen if you can, you know? Fuck, oh, wow. That was – didn't get called. That was a nasty – what is that, a splitter or a changeup? Uh, Does he throw a splitter? I, I don't know. But it was, it was 81 miles an hour, and it broke in. Uh, he throws a circle change. He's whole, that's his normal grip. Yeah, that was a good pitch. He's one of the few guys on the Rockies you don't fuck around with. 
and the story just yeah, put, yeah you, if you get the ball up around thigh high even if it's off the plate outside like that all yeah. you gotta do is reach out and poke it yeah uh trevor's story knows what he's doing <laughs> poked one into into uh, right field there for a base hit not a bad pitch not a bad pitch at all now it's a cut two seam uh, cutter <laughs> off the, the plate off the plate outside but he fucking he it looked like he was looking for something out there yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you can see the key to being a great hitter on uh, on that at bat right there. He took two close pitches because he took the. I mean, I, you can you can read into these people now. Here comes Blackman, by yeah. the way, up to the plate. Maybe he'll make it up. Yeah. Uh, you take those close pitches because that's not what you're looking for. And if they're strikes, then you got to get defensive. If they're not like that, you can fucking still start guessing. And that's what's been uh, the biggest. No, that was a terrible. Terrible swing. Blackman just putting on a fucking clinic here. Yeah, on how to fucking get your team out of a ball game. Um, <laughs> that's been the big turnaround for Austin Riley this year. He looks like a completely different player yeah. right now than he did previously. Which, in his which by the way, we slightly predicted. We said yeah, yeah. Chipper was brought in yeah. to work with Riley. Yeah. He's, he's made uh, – Austin Riley's got great bat speed and really good hand-eye coordination. So it was just selectivity. That he was missing, he was he'd swung at everything. Yeah, or he would he would swing at everything so much that he would get frustrated at swinging at balls and start taking strikes. Yeah, that were good pitches, and you just get in your own head like that. Whatever it was, uh, it seems to have been fixed at least so far this year. Two months in, we'll see if it continues. If he goes into July and he's still hovering around three hundred like this, then I think he's got it figured out. Which is, I mean, we didn't expect anything out of that position. Except for really good defense, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. All right, real quick, while we're uh, uh, waiting for the innings to switch here, I got uh, some sponsors to do, starting with MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. Let's be honest, baseball and basketball seasons are long, and uh, with up to 400 potential games a month between the sports, uh, it's, it can be hard to maintain you know, excitement from game to game, long seasons, and not exactly uh, always the most exciting when you have that many games. That is why I always make it exciting for myself. That's why I always love to have some skin in the game with my bookie. Whether you're placing a wager on your favorite team, player, just looking for kicks, mybookie.ag gives you tons of betting options uh, from player props to game lines and all that fun stuff, overs, unders, whatever, anything you can bet, they'll let you do it. Uh, and they make the deposit process simple. Bet on baseball, basketball, the NHL, if you're a real lunatic, or even golf like Dan. Dan Regester's picks. Uh, watch the Monday morning recap and, and our, our junkie shows if you want to that for, for uh, golf. He's the best golf better ever met. But uh, bet on all those sports and uh, take advantage of odds on, on you know, any baseball games this week or, for like, like I said, the PGA uh, tournament's coming up this week. Uh, or hit up the MyBookie Casino for a fully-fledged blackjack experience they have weekly blackjack tournaments with prize pools of up to $50,000, which seems like not a small amount. Go to mybookie.ag. If you're wondering what the AG is, by the way, uh, it's just a, uh, .coms America.ag is a different country. Uh, go to mybookie.ag uh, slash drinking bros. Sign up now and use our promo code to get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. Click the link or visit the website. And use our promo code, Drinking Bros, to get a free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. There is also an addendum to this ad. Uh, we have a second code for you if you're already a my bookie customer or anything like that. Use the code DB10. Uh, what DB10 does, it just gives you a free 
$10 bet with zero deposit required. Zero dollars are required to get uh, to get the DB10 code $10 free bet. So you don't need to put in money to get money. You enter DB10 and you got $10. Um, that is uh, going on right now. It goes on until May 23rd. So use it while you can. What is it right now? The 19th. So you got a couple of days. Uh, my advice would be to sprinkle that money um, on a long shot, on maybe like a futures bet or a golf bet or something. So the 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 bet uh, is limited to 523. So you're one going to do. You can't really do it on like the NBA championship. What you want to do it on is maybe like a golf bet this weekend on the PGA championships. I would do it on that. I like Rory McIlroy. So does Dan. Uh, he had a couple longer shots. I'd listen to the show Monday if you want to know that. Um, but yeah, the code is DB10. You put that into mybookie.ag and you get a free $10. Sprinkle it on any odds you want. Um, and you can make a lot of money, you know? Uh, why wouldn't you? Why the hell wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you put in DB10? It seems like something I would do because I've already done it. Uh, along with that, we also have Killcliff CBD, our favorite CBD drink. I actually had one today. I was feeling pretty under the weather because A, the weather's shitty here, and B, I drank a lot this weekend and was anxious, so I just wanted to chill out a little bit. So I drank a Killcliff CBD. Uh, I forget the name of the flavor, but it was a strawberry flavor. It was really, really good, uh, and it made me feel better. So uh, I, I thank Killcliff for that. Go to KillcliffCBD.com uh, and check out their products. Uh, we also like the Killcliff energy, energy Drinks. They're called uh, Ignite. Um, and Joe Rogan actually has his flavor with both Ignite, the energy drink, and CBD. Um, the CBD drink is called Flame and Joe. It's like a spicy pineapple drink. We like to put uh, both of those with uh, tequila and stuff like that as well, and that works too. If you feel like being a degenerate, which we always do, but KillCliffCBD.com, their uh, CBD drinks are incredible. You will not fail a drug test drinking them. They, uh, as Ross likes to say, you won't piss hot. I know we have a lot of uh, military first responder uh, listeners and stuff like that. It won't make you fail a drug test or anything. It just just make you feel better. Uh, and their energy drinks are good too, Ignite. And if you're in Texas and stuff like that, um, they're in HEBs now, I think. Uh, they might be in CVSs across and, and, and Walgreens across country. That I can't remember. But go to their website, killcliff.com, and you can you know see where they're getting sold uh, in your neck of the woods. So, yeah, Killcliff CBD. Dot com. Check that out as well. Great CBD drink. I had one today. It made me feel great. No, I mean, I would have, t- I would have, ha- if you had told me Riley was going to hit 250 and 20, 23 home runs, I would have been like, all right, cool. I'm down with that. Yeah. For his, for his sophomore campaign. Fuck it. Uh, Musgrove's gotten two flyouts back to back here. He's only at 88, 88 pitches pitch, with yeah. two outs in the seventh. What are you seeing from Musgrove <clears throat> right now, like this late in the game? I'm seeing good movement on his on every pitch actually. Uh, nothing is particularly fast, but nothing is straight either. Yeah. Uh, even that hit story got only because he was sitting on a fastball out over the plate, and he just fucking flung his bat out there and poked it. I mean, he didn't put a great swing on it. He just he just poked it out there. So. Should be noted that Story's hit was the second hit of the game for the Rockies. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, the <coughs> Padres, to your point about um, uh, Gonzalez earlier, they only have four hits. Yeah. He's, he seems to be one of those guys, by the way, that doesn't get a lot of run support. Um, and that's, if you're the Colorado Rockies, you can't build a rotation that's going to be great in Colorado because it doesn't exist, man. You can't yeah. get spin rate on the baseball there. So you're only going to be as good as your pitch location is. And even then, dudes are going to fucking 
put some balls into the corners, into the gaps, and over the fence that wouldn't be anywhere else. It just is what it is. So you're, you should expect a team ERA of probably somewhere around 4-3. Yeah. Which means you're getting up 4.3 runs a game, which means you need to average five runs a game. And they've not been doing that. Uh, the last couple of years, they've struggled, actually. And in the West, which is super competitive, they have no chance of winning games. Honestly, if you're the fucking Rockies right Especially now. Especially now that fucking uh, uh, Nolan Arenado's gone. There, yeah. That's it. Well, that's the, the main Rocky complaint, fan complaint I saw in the offseason and at the beginning of the season is, it's actually the same thing the Cubs have, is just commit. Commit to tearing it down. Yeah. Like, why keep Story and Blackman if we're not going to compete? Like, the Padres and Dodgers are too fucking good. Why would we be, why would we want to be mediocre? I don't know. I mean, I don't know why teams uh, hang on to shit like that, to be honest. Yeah. I, don't, I honestly don't get it. If I was who, a baseball team, what I would do, I don't know. Who is that guy? What, who's broadcast? Is this the Padres or the Rockies broadcast? This is, all I see is the Bally logo. I don't know who the, whose it is. <clears throat> Good pitch right there. Uh, what I would do if, like, my number one goal if I was a baseball team would be, obviously, to win. My number two goal being realistic, knowing that sometimes you've got to be awful now to win, like, three, four years from now or whatever, right. would be to have fans debate I don't know, man. What is more fun? Like when we're fucking good or when we're terrible and the Paul Park's like a minor league stadium. Like the beer right. prices cost, you know, only three fourths as much and every night's ridiculous because ownership knows. Yeah. Right? Like that should be something your fans should be saying if they're realistic enough to know that like unless you are the Dodgers or the Yankees <laughs> or the Red Sox or something like that, yeah. you're just not going to fucking win. Or you're weird like the A's or, or Rays where you just have a bunch of like savants in your front office right <clears throat> i mean i think that's kind of what they need though they need st louis in the 80s built a team that worked on that fucking field they had turf mm-hmm. which was really fast pete rose was was talking about that when we interviewed mm-hmm. him a couple weeks yeah. ago they built that well pete and i have talked about it before like two or three years ago actually about how they custom built that stadium to have Willie McGee and Ozzie Smith and fucking all those guys. Vince Coleman. Vince Coleman that are fucking, I mean, each one of those guys, Ozzie less so, maybe 25, 30 steals a year. But Vince Coleman had like fucking, what, four years in a row of 100 steals or some shit like that? Ozzie actually, he a couple years put up some he put fucking up, He numbers. was in the 50s and 60s, yeah. Yeah, sure. I want to say, let me look, because he had some funny wins above replacement years where it was yeah. all defense and steals. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, he put up 87, which they made the World Series, lost the Twins, uh, 43, 88, 57, and then he put up 43 again in 92, <laughs> and then the otherwise, oh, and he, and 57 with the Padres in uh, 1980, but yeah, otherwise he's sitting in the 30s for the most part. Right. I mean, Ozzie Smith has fucking 580 steals. Like, That's a lot. Yeah, he's in the 500 club for something. There's not a whole lot of people that have done that. Um, so the... Park factor, go, going back to that. So, let me, anyway, I'll finish that part first. So, <clears throat> the Cardinals organization built that team fast because they knew that the, the field played fast. So they had really good defensive players, and they had pitch-to-contact pitchers, and they just let that work itself out. Right? Elite deep, not to mention... Uh, the, probably well, one of the best defenses ever assembled. Including at first base. <clears throat> yeah. Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez was great, yeah. Was, yeah. Um, and 
they did some other, uh, obviously, maybe less than ethical tricks, like um, raising the dirt <laughs> a little bit under the turf yeah. near the foul lines, just like a little bit so the fucking balls would stay in, in play. Um, <clears throat> in Colorado, though, nobody's really been able to figure it out. Every year since 2009, and then many years before that as well, they've been either first or second in park factor, which means more runs get scored there regardless of who's playing mm -hmm. against whom, whether it's home team or visiting runs. They were either first or second in park factor uh, since every year, including this year, since 2009. And, and 2008 was an outlier where they were third. And before <laughs> that. So how do you handle that? Is there a certain type? I want. There, it's surprising to me that there that nobody's identified a certain type of pitcher that should have great success in Colorado. Maybe a knuckleball pitcher or somebody that relies less on spin rate. Right. You know what I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that might be, but certainly somebody that's smarter than me, data wise, would have figured that out by now. You would think. Yeah. But certainly no one has. Is that the type of thing where it's almost like you have to go into the uh, unquantifiable and be like, I just need to draft. <laughs> The like as many just smart fucking kids as I can, maybe yeah. pitcher wise, to and obviously an elite defense too, especially in the outfield. You just need guys who can cover ground out there. Uh, very, you need very fast. I mean, Dexter Fowler had a great career in Colorado, yeah. And uh, oddly enough, when he left Colorado, obviously he went to St. Louis because they value that shit as well. I don't know where he is now, the Angels, I believe. Is he, yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, I just don't, I mean, obviously on the defensive side, but you. Before the defense can make a play, the pitcher has to throw the ball. Right. And he has to throw enough strikes to not walk people, but not such good strikes that they stay in the ballpark. Yeah. And Colorado's never been able to figure that out. They've had some people that have had good success. Um, there was, I can't remember that dude's name. It was like in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Ubaldo Jimenez? Yeah, Jimenez, yeah. yeah. He had a couple of great years there, but then he went to like Baltimore and then fucking completely yeah. lost it. Um. Ubaldo Jimenez and Jeff Francis are probably their top two fucking pitchers. Mm. I mean, they my, they ruined Mike Hampton. Oh, yeah. Although he did hit 10 home runs in a season there, I think. <laughs> right? Didn't he hit 10 home runs? Yeah, I there? think that might be right. I'll double-check that. But he loved hitting. He was a really good hitting pitcher. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, you know, like, they might is – it, is it the type of thing where, they're, where they've been trying – where the Rockies have been trying to build their pitching the wrong way? Because, like, this was something I just thought of. Name a great Rockies catcher. Do you just maybe need a guy who is hyper attuned at calling a game? I think you, I think you have to lean into it all the time. I don't know if the catcher pitcher thing. I don't know if you can overcome that. <clears throat> I think you need to have guys that have that are that are like WRC plus dudes that hit to the gaps a lot, probably right to win because you have to for hitters. Yeah, but I don't know if you. I don't know if there's a solution to the pitching well, situation. Well, I mean, the the solution would be a catcher. <laughs> you would need like a, just a, as good of a fucking rotation manager and pitching manager right. behind the plate, pitch caller as you could get, like somebody who. I mean, it would. It's, it, it's fucking rough to say, but I mean, it would need to be like almost Molina Posey esque. Right, you would need to be, doing, like he. You would need someone who's a great game caller. Someone who is stealing strikes fucking constantly from framing or whatever. I mean, they've, I, off the top of my head, I can't recall a good Rockies catcher. And if you're not, 
if your pitchers are already of questionable talent, which they've never even had someone where you've looked at them and you've been like, man, well, if they weren't at Coors Field, you just see them and you're like, they're just not even that good. Yeah. Uh, Jerks and Profar up now, no outs in the bottom of the seventh, and he just walked to get on base. So Padres uh, building a little more here. Um. Hmm, let's see. The Rockies. Uh, Joe Girardi was a catcher for the Rockies from 93 to 95. Joe Girardi sucked. Oh. Yeah. Well, he was on their one playoff team uh, in that era. I don't think they made the playoffs again in the 90s. could be wrong about that. But, uh, yeah. Oh, Hampton hit seven home runs, by the way, for the Rockies. In, year, yeah. in 01, yeah. Yeah. Which. That's a crazy amount. That's more hits than most pitchers get in the season. Seven home runs. In like 44 at-bats, maybe? That's what I'm trying to look up. Probably yeah. in the mid-40s, I would guess, for a starting pitcher. Seven home runs and 79 at-bats. Oh, damn it. It's 79 at-bats is a lot. Yeah. But uh, that's he he appeared in 43 games, so they were pinch-hitting him, it looked like. Because mm. he yeah. sure as shit didn't start 43 games. Greg Zahn. I'm looking at all the catchers. Let's see. Eric Wedge was a catcher there in 93. Taralba. In 2006. Miguel Ojeda, Greg Zahn. Nobody great. So, actually, I'll do a deep dive on that before our next episode on just, uh, like, just, were there any catchers in in Colorado who were good, who were good game managers, good? Sandy Alomar was there in uh, 2002. Jonathan Lucroy spent one year there, but he's not a, he's more of a good hitter than he is a good game manager. Scott Service was a good game manager, but he only played there one year as well. Lucroy, I don't know how he is as a game manager or pitching manager, but he was. He's good at framing. Yes, an elite framer, yeah. yeah. Joe Girardi was there. Nick Hundley was there for like two years, but he was, again, more of a hitter than a fucking. I don't know, man. Not a lot. I, Charles Johnson from 03 to 04. Charles Johnson is one of the better receivers. Uh, that has ever played catcher in Major League Baseball, to be that, honest. That is That's uh, the black like, dude that played for the yeah, Marlins back in the day. That is the uh, late career, Charles Johnson. It was late career, and it was only for like a season and a half. I think he played like 220 games there. Yeah. Um, so, no, they've never had that. But, I mean, how many teams have had a great catcher for a long time? You know who the number one, <clears> I want to <throat> say, like wins above replacement in the 21st century is for catchers from a team? It's not Molina? Nope. In the 21st century, maybe Brian McCann. It's the Braves. No, I mean for, the, for a oh, team. Oh, for a team, yeah, yeah. It's the Braves. The Braves have had good, but they, the Braves were one of the first teams and still do it to this day. That He just stole the fuck out of that base. That was a stupid swing. Yeah. You, you take that pitch, even if it's a strike, you're still on the same 0-2 count. Then you got to fucking run around second was, base. He, that was he took that away. He took that stolen base away, which is great because I have pro far on my fucking team, yeah. fancy team. Thanks so. a lot, asshole. Yeah, for fucking real. <clears throat> Um, yeah, the Braves were one of the first teams, and, and they still do this now. I think it's just an organizational thing where they have, if a pitcher has his favorite catcher, then that guy gets a start every four or five days. Yeah. It happens to be like Eddie Perez caught for Maddox, right? Yeah, and that would piss me off as a little kid, actually, because I'd yeah. be like, God damn it, Greg Maddox. Where's Javi Lopez? I yeah. need 27 to 30 home runs in my lineup <laughs> right now, not Eddie fucking Perez. <laughs> right. That was always it was yeah, that was the one part of watching a Greg Maddox start that would piss me off is I could is you swapped out Javi Lopez's yeah. bat for Eddie Perez and in the playoffs they wouldn't let him do that as much. There yeah. were some games where they're like, I'm sorry, Greg, but Javi's got a fucking yeah hit. Javi Lopez is a very good uh, 
baseball player. I, I don't know why they kept, kept him at catcher that long. Because we never had a first baseman in that era. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, one of the first basemen we did have in that era Got it. was Sid. Well, he's still on anyways. <clears throat> one of the first basemen we did have in they that era. They also called a, 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 a ball on a strike. Yeah. One of the first basemen we did have in that era was uh, Sid Bream, who's going to be on the show on Monday. Yeah, I'm, I'm real excited yeah. for that. <clears throat> Sid Bream, if you don't remember, although if you're watching a baseball show, I don't know how you don't. Uh, Sid Bream is the, uh, the guy who uh, slid in one of the most famous playoff plays of all time, 92 yeah. against the Pirates in the NLCS. Barry Bonds throws like a woman. Barry Bonds throws like a woman, and, this, and Sid Bream runs like an old woman. Yeah. An, um, an older woman than Barry Bonds throws like <laughs> right. for sure, yeah. It was like it was one old lady's arm against another old lady's legs to just who decided to go to the World Series that year, yeah, to Sid, decide the World Series. Sid Bream is one of the slowest people in human history. We got some breaking news. Yep. What's up? Uh, the Mets have acquired veteran outfielder Cameron Mabin from the Cubs for $1. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. For a dollar and what? Just a dollar. No, like, Pete player be named later or? Nope. They so just want, they're taking Mabin. Cash considerations, a dollar. Yeah, that Cubs rebuild coming in hot. Yeah. Mabin expected to be on the Mets roster by end of week. Interesting. Cameron Maben has put together a pretty long career for somebody that hasn't really. He's had like one good season, right? He has, but he's always been an elite defender. Like he's even in years where you hear about like Mike Trout and and other elite center fielders, Mm. Maben is maybe not anymore because it's obviously a a his returns have diminished less than they should have on his one you know, useful thing for a speed guy. That's 34. Yeah. He's still a speed guy. Yeah. Uh, and he's always, I think like pretty much a top five kind of defender in the outfield yeah. in center field and stuff like that. And, and you compare that to someone like, uh, you know, we talked about earlier, Dexter Fowler, he kind of Fowler kind of fell off a fucking cliff. Yeah, he did. He had some, well, I mean, look, he was one of those guys that learned how to hit in Colorado pretty well. He had a lot of triples. I think yeah. he led the league in triples three or four years there, 13, 14 triples a year in, in a lot of cases, which is a lot. Um, <clears throat> kept taking these, those uh, same swings when he got to uh, St. Louis, and it just doesn't work like that there. Those well, he was, are, with, those the, are outs he was with the Cubs before St. Louis. Cubs, he was, he yeah, was pretty like good with years, the Cubs. Yeah. He won the World Series with the Cubs. Yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah, and then went over to St. Louis the next year, and I remember St. Louis fans being a bit uh, disgruntled that – they got a player from the Cubs who then, yeah, that was the when he started to fall off. Uh, but yeah, Maven's always been an elite, uh, an elite center fielder. He's with the the Braves one or two years in the rebuild yeah. years, which is like you know, whatever. But um, no, nah, Maven's always oddly uh, he he's kept that skill going pretty well. Yeah. But he, you're right, he did have one or two years where his bat was. Also valuable. I'm actually going to look this up real quick on Fangrass because Maven did have a couple years, I think, where he put up some real decent wins above replacement numbers that were fueled by his defense. But well, a lot of it, yeah. But he had 315 in 2016. Uh, he's had a, he's had two 10 home run seasons and one 11 home run season. But he's also had uh, 40 stolen base seasons and stuff. I mean, he's been used primarily in platoon roles. He's never played more than 147 games in his career. Yeah. And he's only played over 100 games in a season, one, two, three, four, five times out of the oh, – he's been in the league 14 years. He's p- played over 100 games five times. So that's not a lot. No. Not not so much. Um, but, you know, whatever the fuck. 
Uh, looks like the end of the inning here. San Diego uh, couldn't cash in that stolen base. Oh, no, they're still up. I'm sorry. That was just a weird cutaway. Uh, so one out, Profar on second. Uh, who is up now? Not- yeah, 2011 with San Diego. Uh, Cameron Mavid had a 4.4 wins above replacement. 1.9 of that was defense. 1.9. Any If you're getting close to two wins saved by your defense, that's those are pretty good numbers. That's yeah. all-star numbers. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, and honestly, like, he actually weirdly for the Yankees last year, or I'm sorry, two years ago mm-hmm. in 2019, uh, age 32 season, um, played in uh, 82 games, played half a season. It's not nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. 127 WRC+. plus. Mm-hmm. So he, I mean, he. I mean, that's all star. That's 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 like prime, prime all star target. Anything over one twenty is. Yeah, you want that pretty legit. Uh, he's kind of again just to like get <laughs> cliched to shit. I mean, he's a pro. Like he's a pro. He knows how to play the fucking game. Doesn't not never was able to put it together like fully in a way, <laughs> but you know. He's also probably a good dude because that happens as well in baseball, especially. If you if you see two guys that are fucking like point three to point five wins above replacement guys that are going to be platoon players on your team, and you just like one of them over the other, you're going to yeah. take the one you like. <laughs> Nick Markakis. Yeah. Nick Markakis, honestly, without shortened seasons and a, two major injuries he had, would have had three thousand hits. Yeah, he was real close. <clears throat> I have never. I think it was like a like two twenty away from three thousand. I have. It's it's rare that I have had such affection for such an underwhelming mm. player to watch. He's not an underwhelming player. He had twenty three hundred, almost twenty four hundred hits. Not an underwhelming play. Like he is a good player, but in terms of like watching him, mm. at no point are you getting hyped. No, so, I mean uh, he's, he's, Musgrove's out. Tommy Pham is uh, yeah. pinch hitting for Joe Musgrove. <laughs> I like Tommy Pham. Yeah, that wasn't a bad pickup by the Padres. He, it was a, a lot of Cardinals fans were fucking pissed when they let him go to the Rays. Yeah, he's one of those, uh, one of those clubhouse guys, spark plug guys. He just plays. He's like Josh Harrison was for the uh, the Pirates all those years. He's like Craig Council, something like that. He's going to put up pretty good numbers, you know, two two sixty to two eighty that range typically, and uh, it seems like the ball finds him when shit's on the line too, and he always makes yeah. the plays. But people don't value that in the in the front office typically. I think there has been some. The, one thing I like about baseball, and it hasn't. Uh, it, it's it was kind of funny. I like I love reading baseball analytics and baseball journalism because it's a really good uh, weather vane, hopefully, for how like regular politics goes and stuff mm. like that. In terms of like trends and then pushback on the trends mm. and how people who were once like cutting edge, then kind of become like defensive yeah. grumps. Like the way analytics people, analytics got to the point where analytics people couldn't admit that there was some value to scouting and value to clubhouse right. shit and <clears> stuff <throat> like that. And that was that was, the heyday of that was probably like five years ago, where they became the sort of illiberal. Um, yeah, they were the assholes sitting in Billy Bean's fucking uh, clubhouse, saying, "I've been doing this my whole life. We know what works." Like, yeah. You do in some ways, yeah. Like, but honestly, the data's in the data. How many predictions have you made and how many have come true? Right. And for the most part, there's stuff that the data just won't track. You know what I mean? I mean, we've tried. 
on a lot of this stuff. And that's why, Ooh, I mean, shit. There you go. Yeah. Pass ball. Profar on third. <clears throat> um, despite our best efforts still, uh, and Malcolm Gladwell said it when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking about the NFL draft, but the, the same lesson applies. You can't, you're not a fucking superhero. You, you, don't, you can't predict the future, man. Right. And a lot of stuff goes into that. We do have a lot of data that we can analyze now. And to be honest, you can probably narrow it down farther than you could have in the past. But that still doesn't make you anywhere close to 100% accurate. But again, oh, that's a good pitch. <laughs> oh, God. eight on the black, or I'm sorry, down the middle, but fucking a little bit low maybe. Right at the bottom, at the black of his knees, yeah. right? At the bottom yeah. of his fucking knees. Um, even with all that information, you still don't get it right a lot of the time, but why would you expect to? I mean, Hall of Fame in baseball means you get it right three out of ten times. Yeah. So why would you expect to get it right that many times? And that's why baseball above other sports. I don't know how many – well, look, there's no, <laughs> there's no minor league for football. Kayak, it's NCAA. Yeah, but so, I mean, baseball has NCAA baseball, which is pretty yeah. big as well. But – there's like, what are there, like 700-some players in Major League Baseball, and there's like four times that many in the minor leagues? Yeah. Uh, the G League is pretty big now. Uh, but no, none of those leagues, other than maybe hockey, is even in the same ball. Because hockey has AHL, then they have ECHL, they mm-hmm. have IHL, which is independent from any of the teams. They have, there's a lot of professional hockey players that aren't playing in the NHL. Even with the NHL, there's like double the amount of people playing baseball. Yeah. So it's a volume thing. I mean, you have to fucking run everybody out there, which means it, it puts, um, <clears throat> especially on these younger teams or newly assembled teams that are trying to figure shit out, it puts a lot of pressure on management because baseball players, maybe above all else, are creatures of habit. Yeah. Right? They want to fucking experience the same shit all the time, and disruptions in their fucking patterns affect them on the field more, maybe more than any other sport but if you've got a young or newly assembled team you got to move people around and see like who would have ever expected a guy that plays the kind of game that Ronald Acuna plays would be the only place in the lineup he's going to have real success is in leadoff spot like you wouldn't that's totally counterintuitive yeah. to everything Except one. He takes a lot of... Well, that, well but, but that wasn't the case early in his career. No. Well, what I was saying He is wasn't the, very selective. Anyways. The one analytical advantage is more, he just gets more at-bats. So that, right, but that's, that's not why they do it. Right. They do it because that's where he performs the best. But there's nothing in his data. Now, today he's a lot more selective than he was two years ago, for sure. Yeah. But they didn't start him leadoff today. He's got 23 leadoff home runs in his career already. Mm-hmm by the way. <clears throat> it was two and a half years ago when he fully transitioned over to the fucking number one spot. Yeah, and it was in 2019, and they, were tr- they tried to be like, maybe we should do him two or four, like yeah. protect Freddie. And then eventually they were just like, nope, got to keep him. Yeah, so, but nothing about his game at the time because he was a pretty free swinger. I think he struck out like 180 yeah. times that year. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> there was nothing on a piece of paper that, should, that would say this guy is going to succeed in the leadoff spot. No. But Ronald knew it, and he told Snitker, and he told the organization, and they were like, well, you're a power hitter. You're very dynamic. You make good contact and stuff. you got to be in one of these spots. Doesn't 
that's that is a situation where only intuition and testing would help. Yeah. And I feel like baseball would do that more. There's 162 games in a year. That's a lot of fucking games. A lot of times to get some, um, yeah. get some data. Yeah. I think they should. <clears throat> the problem I've seen with these teams is that they run out three or four different lineups in a week. I would set a lineup and run it out for two, three weeks at a time, then change it and see if the risk. Because you, you, you don't get enough data on 27 at-bats. No. Right? That's There's nothing. No that's like, a, that's like in, in the football equivalent will be like, all right, well, we ran two series doing that. Didn't work, so fuck it. Right. Uh, who do we have in now? Looks like uh, Craig Stammen pitching for the... God, they have a fucking good bullpen, <clears throat> and it really pisses me off. Against Fuentes. Uh, yeah. Number six hitter for the Rockies up. Still two, still just 2 nothing Padres. Good, Decent crowd, by the way, for a Wednesday day game. Yeah, especially in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, it looks like... I don't know what their capacity is at <laughs> right now, but Let's pretty... about half. Well, I just mean, like, what, allowed capacity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cardinals are going back to full capacity in June. Braves are back at full capacity. Rangers opened at full capacity. It, everyone's kind of at this point like, me. We're good. It's well here in Texas, I believe. Uh oh, one of the grounds crew is fucked up. What happened? Here? That looks like an <clears throat> usher. What happened here? I really hope they're not broadcasting a heart attack. <laughs> no, it's he's gra- grabbing his leg. Oh, yeah. What did he trip on something? I don't know, man. This is like uh, Saberhagen talking about what's his fucking name? Was it Coleman getting fucked up in the tarp before the '85 oh, yeah. World Series? Yeah, he got rolled up on his ankle, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why is he there, though? By the way, this is, I believe, the same company uh, where the elite or whatever, where the uh, guy got caught beating off to San Diego Chargers cheerleaders on the uh, sideline at a Chargers game a couple years ago. Do you remember that video? Um, yes, <laughs> I do, but I don't think this is what happened here. I think this guy no. just stepped on the lip of the grass and twisted his yeah. ankle or something, although he's really milking it. Now get off the field, <laughs> asshole. The game is being delayed because some fucking <laughs> attendant just went to commercial he's so close it. to the field too. What is he doing? Yeah. I don't know. Get off the fucking field, man. There's what? no way we should be cutting to commercial because some attendant hurt his ankle. Right. So we don't have audio, so we don't know exactly what's happening, but that is a security guard. Like that wasn't a grounds crew, that wasn't a grounds crew member, right? No. They're not a ball boy that no. should be by the baseline. That was a secure. So was there like a streaker they didn't show? Because they have a, they won't show fans on the field. They never do. No. So was there a fan on the field and this guy like tried Shoot to run him. after him and and he, he did this guy did a did a naked man actually break someone's ankle right now? <laughs> Maybe it was Jeff Galuli. <laughs> That's a uh, Tanya Harding reference. That was neat. I really enjoyed, by the <laughs> way. I know everyone uh, loves Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, but he mm. was a, he was a great Jeff Galuli. I thought. I didn't see that. You did not. No, I couldn't bear to have them compare that woman to Tanya Harding. I actually so Margot Robbie was the that was her project or whatever, and she cast herself as the lead in it. As why wouldn't you? But I, my biggest complaint with that movie always is that like she was too pretty to play Tanya Harding. Mm. Like you needed. Like Jennifer Lawrence, who is also pretty, but you need someone like stop. Tanya Harding's whole thing was like people back in there were like she's too fat to be a fucking she figure looked, skater. She's got this. She's got the Hillary body, right? She got super a, thick calves. Yeah, she's got a, like a Big little angles, yeah. redneck body, and so does Jennifer Lawrence. Not that that's bad or anything, but like Lawrence looks like a more convincing. And Lawrence has played rednecks before. Yeah, it's more about well, she is from Kentucky or some shit. Like yeah, that. but it is. It's more about the body type than the face. 
for sure. Um, I think the face too, because Robbie doesn't even have a chubby face. No, she's got like very angular jaws, jawline, and, and uh, but what's what's uh, Shirley's Theron played that uh, in Monster? Yeah, they really uglied her up good. That's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Her in Monster, just her face in Monster. Yeah, I've never seen the movie. I just saw her fucking face. No, that was her real face, and they got her plastic <clears throat> surgery. No. Yeah. No, that was probably appliances. And makeup as a as a deep cut Arrested Development um, joke. I'm not getting from season three. That's yeah. when she was in. What, what's he was like? Oh, the, she, she was, was ugly before. She was yeah. rich, and her yeah. her uncle was like, "This wouldn't have been a problem a year ago." And yeah. they showed just a picture of her from Monster before the plastic oh, that's surgery. Right. They do that, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She was uh, retarded. Yeah, in that uh, in that show, that was a weird. She, that was a weird thing. Well, she was a she was an MRF. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For British eyes only. <laughs> a lot of people shit on that third season. I actually enjoyed it. I liked it too. I don't know what the problem they is. They had actually the funniest joke, I think, of the entire show was in the third season. Was when Tobias caught on fire and tried to jump in the pool to put himself out. Yeah. But jumped on Job's invisible walkway yeah. in the pool. He was like, yeah. just, why am I not sinking? Yeah. For the love of God. I liked how his hair was draining all the life out of his body. <laughs> funny yeah. <laughs> that third season uh, that a lot of people were like oh, i don't know the third season re- went off the rails like yeah it did in the best possible way like they just they actually had if i'm not mistaken well in season two they had henry winkler jump a shark because that's when buster lost his hand right? yes yeah, yeah he jumped over the shark yeah uh which for those of you who don't know the phrase jump the shark in reference to television is when uh a net particularly a network series does something crazy for, for no reason, because they feel like they've run out of content in that show. Yeah. And in Happy Days, it was uh, the Fonz jumping his motorcycle over a shark tank for some reason. It was No, he water skied <laughs> over the shark. It was in the ocean. Oh, yeah, water skied. However, over. I understand why you might have confused it, because he was still wearing his leather jacket. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. While water skiing. Yeah, Musgrove just struck out, what, his 12th guy? No, that's Stammons in there now. Oh, I'm sorry, Stammons is in, yeah. Stammons in, just kind of put away him <clears> pretty quick. Uh... Yeah. Ooh, a lot of movement on that ball. So, Although it was a strike when it started out. What's he waiting for? Yeah, I mean, you got to defend the fucking plate. That was, a running, that was a running fastball right there. It started on the outside corner and moved into the middle of the plate. He should have rocked that ball. But maybe he was looking for something else. Not a good idea to guess on I would, yeah, two strikes. I would say at least try to make contact, uh, contact with the fucking ball. All right, Stam is pitching to uh, in the bottom of the order. So the Rockies will have... In the ninth, the Rockies will have Story and Blackman and everybody up, uh, presumably. But, um, yeah, man, they've seen pretty limp dick today. This is yeah. kind of like this is this is kind of like typical twenty twenty one Rockies right here. Yeah, they're it's it's uh, they have literally no uh, except for Trevor Story. Yeah, no, no real offense to speak of. E- even Blackman's hitting two thirty, <laughs> and he, the fucked up thing is too is like what. You could have gotten for Charlie Blackman mm. in February versus what you get for him now. Yeah. Like, I, it's, they're killing themselves. This uh, Ryan McMahon, their second baseman, is having a pretty good year, but he's still only hitting 256. They're a bad team. Like, yeah. you don't, you go to Coors Field to just get drunk, really, essentially. Breathe that mountain air. Yeah. They do have, Coors Field, uh, I believe, has one of the better food situations in uh, uh, yeah, Major I League Baseball. Yeah, I got to go out there sometime soon. I think the first weekend of June, like the 
sixth and seventh or fifth and sixth or something. So I think we're going to go to a Rockies game on there. Will you uh, wear a T-shirt that says, not my all-star game? Uh, if it's red, yeah. <laughs> if you make it red and it says MAGA on the back. Yeah. Just to see what happens. Yeah. I'll do that, yeah. But I think people expect me to look like that. Yeah, they wouldn't, they'd be like, oh, fucking of course. Yeah. If I was wearing like a tweed sweater and talking about intersectionality, I think that would be more disturbing <laughs> to people. <laughs> like, no, this isn't right. Yeah, <laughs> it's not about what you believe. It's just looking like what you, yeah. what your belief should be, essentially. That makes sense. It's like the diet where you only eat food from the place that your ancestors came from. Someone was pitching that to me the other day. It's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. They were like, see, I, it was... Uh, These civilizations that we're referring back to are only like 1,000, 2,000 years old. That's not enough time. It's right. going to be 10,000 or more years. Right. It took us 10,000 years for a majority of people to be able to digest milk. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure it's going to take longer than fucking... Although, we were eating cheese <clears throat> from the get-go. We were all like, Dan, yeah. having Crohn's and eating cheese. I mean, like, cheese is almost as old as civilization. Yeah. We invented cheese probably like 500 years after beer. Someone was just some idiot. We talked about this on Softcore History before. Some idiot was just like, yeah, I'm going to eat this rotten fucking milk real quick and see I've how I've always it wondered what, uh, what went through the mind of the first person who drank milk from a cow was. Because <laughs> now it seems normal, but back then it would have been like, what are you doing out there, Doug? Was, every, was everything started by like morons? Perverts. Yeah. Perverts, Perverts yeah. and morons. Do it. <clears throat> Do it. Fucking do it. Or it was started by people who were the do it guy, the fucking mullet head. Yeah. Dumbass. Um, let's get out of here. This game is boring shit. Yeah, it's not a great game. No. Uh, final thoughts real quick. I wanted to ask you about, uh, let me look at the baseball doc real quick. Oh, uh, real nice thing. Uh, or actually, Pujols to the Dodgers. What do you think? That's the one other thing I want to say. I mean, they're injured and they need somebody to hit lefties. So I guess it makes sense. But yeah. Do you think he's – how long do you think he stays with the Dodgers? Because it really might not be the whole fucking year. I don't know. I honestly don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, look, if you look into some of his advanced analytics, it seems like he might have actually been having some bad luck, and he's not as weathered as it seemed like he was. Yeah. To be honest. Uh, so we'll see. <clears throat> he's, he's still – he was still before, even before he left the Angels, I believe he was still on pace for like twenty-eight, somewhere between twenty-eight and thirty-two home runs on the season, which is an all-star year, by the way. Right. We just expect so much out of this guy, that, and he's also, I mean, look, <clears throat> great pitch right there. He's also in the last year of that big ass ten-year contract well, he the, signed. The Angels are paying it now. Yeah. So, like, well, I'm he, just saying he's not going to resign a contract like that again. Right. So coming into the season, it's like, well, you're not going to get that kind of value out of him for sure, but you can get some value out of him. Do you know what the Do you know what the uh, Dodgers are paying him? Uh, the league minimum, probably. Yep, prorated. Yep, <clears throat> league minimum. And my guess is at this point, Albert will be happy to play for that. I don't think he cares. He doesn't. He just want to play baseball. He wants to keep playing. Yeah. And honestly, like, you know, <laughs> the Braves are finding success letting Pablo Sandoval's fat ass go pinch hit a couple times a week. Yeah. Why the fuck not? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I like that move for him. I, it would, I honestly thought he was just going to go to the Cardinals and retire, but it seems like that's not the case. Not yet. I think there's still time. I would, be, <clears throat> I would not be surprised either way if he finishes the season with the Dodgers or if they release him in, like, July. 
and then he finds another team to go right. be valuable on. The White Sox and, and Cardinals are two real good options for sure. Uh, <laughs> and then any other injury-ravaged team that just wants to sell a few extra tickets. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to give up anything for him because why would you? But You wouldn't need to at this yeah. point, yeah. Uh, but all right, cool. I just want to get your uh, get your thoughts on pool holes. Uh, thank you guys for uh, watching and uh, listening. I'm shaking. I'm shaking. Don't uh, we see? We don't have a security guy. It's just Dan and his weapons. I'm not going to shoot somebody for taking their clothes off. I, but that's yeah, that is I've true. I've actively encouraged people to take their clothes <laughs> off for years now. <laughs> that would be a very off-brand for me. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Uh, like and subscribe and all that fun shit. Uh, thank you guys for watching. We'll be back next week. And uh, sports is, uh, I think, another show tomorrow. Uh, why not? But either way, watch and listen and all that fun shit. We'll catch you guys later. For uh, Dan Holloway, I'm Rob Fox. Yeah.